Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia. Um, I don't. I, I wasn't supposed to be on today, but I am on today. We have Elizabeth, and uh, I. I but uh, hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Hello. This is unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Okay. I, I, if Bennett is listening, just call in as a guest. Yeah, I, I think, do, you have, do, you, do you hear me as a echo? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hear you fine. No echo anymore. Oh, okay, fine. Well, then I'll just hear the echo. I hear myself talk, which is just not for fun. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I know that Bennett was, I think Bennett might be on here. Let's see. If, yes, he is. Okay. So I might, I'll just stay on for a while. Okay. All right. One second. That's what it is when you run the show. Hello. He's off now. What happened? Mm-mm, he's dropped. Okay, anyway. All right, Liz, why don't you tell everybody what you do? I know what you do because you do shows with me all the time. <laughs> why don't you? Yeah, well, okay. I'm glad you're on the show, right? Because, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of new projects coming up. You had something else coming up, and you're sending stories out now. You're doing a lot. Are, are you here, Bennett? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. Is Bennett here yet? I think Bennett. I heard his. I don't know. I heard his voice. I thought I must be freaking out. <laughs> no, it's right. the echo. Everybody. Yeah. I don't see him on the screen. Oh, okay. That, right, that's ahead. odd. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm Elizabeth Black, and I write uh, erotica, romance, horror, and dark fiction. And I also, as Marcia has mentioned, I've also been um, you know, a host on Blog Talk Radio, including uh, my own show, which was uh, Into the Abyss with Elizabeth Black, where I interviewed uh, mainly uh, well-known horror writers. Like uh, you know, I see Jack Ketchum I had on and uh, Josh Mallerman, you know people like that. And uh, I, I still do some of that, but um, more more now I'm doing written interviews. And my next one is going to be for June, and that's going to be with horror writer Douglas Clegg. And that's a that's going to be a really good interview. So uh, that one's going to go up toward the end of the month. But um, otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm still writing. You know, Elizabeth, I was just thinking of something. I was just thinking of something. When you have the interviews, it's on your blog. Why don't you send me the link and I'll put it on? I, we still have the blog from um, World of, uh, Michigan Avenue Media, World of Inc. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, so just send me the link and I'll put them up. Okay, I should send you the links to Into the Abyss or the links to the interviews that I'm doing for the horror scene. Uh, I'm not uh, sure which ones you're talking about. The interviews. Oh, okay. yeah, the interviews. Oh, That'll be great. Yeah, I can get okay, the wait. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hi, Bennett. Are you yeah, on? Oh my God, Bennett! Oh, oh, yeah. oh are you on? Bennett. 
somebody blocked me out. What do you mean they blocked you out? That means that when they called in early, it came up and blocked me out as host. No, Bennett, it was no, not really because um, there was nobody on. You weren't you weren't on here. I was trying to get on, and they said three times there was a host there. I did. I called in one minute before because Elizabeth was calling in, and there was no host. I was here, and it wouldn't let me in. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll just, like, I'll leave it the way it is, and I'll leave it on, okay? And just you could do the show with Elizabeth, and I'll just leave it on so we don't lose the connection to the on air. No problem. Thank you. And I was trying to be the fastest finger in the world, and it didn't work. Well, when I was Good evening. Was, I was busy. I don't know why it was busy. I, I don't know. Busy I, can't, I don't know. I, I, I hate to say it. It's been weird lately, the last mm-hmm. 48 hours. Friend of mine, I couldn't just, even put a friend yeah. of mine in the, the, the next guest for next week in because they had blocked me for some reason. Oh, that is strange. But we've had a power outage here since about one o'clock, and the entire town oh. had no power. So that that was exciting. <laughs> it's been one of those days, I guess. It yeah, yeah. I I you know the the, the coronavirus this and. And what is it, the worldwide computer plague? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And murder hornets. Don't forget the murder hornets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A murder hornet. Murder hornets. Uh, yeah, murder hornets. And let me see. What else do we have that that is just, you know, it's like, it, it seems like we're living a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next thing we'll have is a comet. <laughs> oh, please, please don't say that. Okay. Neither the comment. Take that back. Take it back. Uh, have you introduced? Has you and Marsh introduced the show or not? Yes, yes, we introduced it. Uh, okay. You needed to say that for yourself, you know, introducing yourself, so everybody knows that you're the host. Uh, it's all right. It just okay. Sometimes, sometimes this place goes crazy. It does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my name is Bennett Pomerantz, and I'm supposedly the host of this show. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's I, I love Elizabeth Black. I will say this now. I'll say this again. She is a talented, talented lady regarding her work. And I, I always get impressed. I, I still did you reissue Don't Call Me Baby yet? No, not yet. Because I have some other books that are coming out and I'm not doing any back I'm not doing any of my backlist yet. But I yeah, I I'm gonna you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send that to my publisher eventually. You know, I have another one that I'm sending first, but I do wanna send that and see if uh it is more women's fiction than romance. So uh, y'all see it like that. I know that that was my favorite. I love "Don't Call Me Babe." I love I, I was, it. <laughs> it was fun. 
it was a fun book. You, you were, you are, and still are a fun writer. But you're in the horror genre more than you're in the "Don't Call Me Baby" genre, which mm-hmm. I loved. I mean, I, I well, found I'm, so much. Yeah, I'm doing both. Coming of age I'm, I'm with that. Both. Well, right now I'm I'm more into the romance genre than than the horror genre. Because uh, I mean, I have my my new book, Full, uh, Full Moon Fever, is out. So, um, you know, that, and that's a, a, a GLBT paranormal erotic shifter romance. It has werewolves, and that that one was a blast to write. And it's everywhere. You can well, get no, well, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. I think I've asked it before, but if I haven't, I'm asking it now. How sure. long does it take you from idea, from conceptual idea to Paper or paper, funeral mm. book. It depends. It depends on the book. Full Moon Fever probably took me about a year to write, and it was it was easy. And um, the horror novel I'm working on, I've been working on for four years, and because I have all these other projects going on, and that one uh, would tend to be put on the back burner, like it is right now. And I'm, I'm at the end of it, so it shouldn't take that much longer for me to write it. And then I have to have find a home for it. But you know, generally, it takes me about a, a, a year to write a novel. A short story, that could take me um, a month or two. Okay, but is that from conceptual or is that from just getting it on paper? Uh, that's, that's mainly getting it on paper. Conceptual takes me um, – oh, it depends on the book. Same thing again. It could take me a couple of months before I – feel confident enough that I know the storyline and the characters well enough to actually sit down and write. Because otherwise, I, I'm afraid I'll write myself into a corner and I won't be able to get out. Or I'll have to remove chapters and then you know fix things or you know, do rewrites and that sort of thing. And, you know, I, I don't like to do that because it, it gets confusing after a while. But what I'm, I'm going to ask, and it's going to sound funny, is when when do you finally think you completed the book? Hmm. Or completed um, the short novella or whatever, or the, even the short story. I mean, do you have a feeling that, you know, it's like I've accomplished it, the end, or yes. do you still have to go? Yeah, I have, a, it's, the feeling I, that I, it's the feeling that I have, it's finished. It's been, I've, you know, edited, I've looked over it twice, Sometimes I'll send it out to beta readers. It depends on what the story is and, and what my deadline is. Um, I always yeah, remember I generally that have a feeling that it's ready to go. Even though a book is never really finished, if I were to keep editing it, I would edit it forever. So I, I just uh, get to the point where this is ready to go out to a publisher, and then I can send it out. So let me add, let me say this about this. You... You are well. You are a well. I'm going to say this, and I don't know if it comes out right. You're a well-crafted authoress. How's that sound? That sounds good. Okay. Good uh, you you make a, even your short stories. You craft very well. It's Thank not you. just oh yeah surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, well uh, a lot of it, I read a lot, and I'll read in either in the genre or close to the genre that I'm writing in for inspiration and to see how you know other especially well-known best-selling authors, how they craft 
what they're doing. And then I get ideas from that or I'll get brainstorms and, you know, something will just strike me and that will be added into the book or into the short story. Because uh, when I, I get inspired a lot by what I read and uh, especially like uh, newspaper articles, all kinds of crazy stuff I can get out of that, that sort of thing. And uh, movies that I watch that I, I want a certain feeling from a book that I get when I watch a movie that's uh, a similar type of storyline. And if I can get that feeling in myself while I'm writing, then I know I'm on the right track. So has this crisis given you any fodder for your work? Uh, oh, you mean the coronavirus? Um, yeah, that, really. well, I, I mean, we're I'm staying, like, all staying <laughs> home. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, well, I'm, it doesn't really change much around here for uh, for my family. Plus, my husband and son are both essential workers, and so they're still working. So we have you know, the usual well, – a little bit less money coming in because he's been put on, on a different shift. But um, it's uh, pretty much the same for me. Uh, I haven't – I'm not going to come up with any any types of, um, I guess, um, infection-type stories because I don't think people want to read that right now. <laughs> But, um, I, I mean, I do have one story that's also out of print right now. It was called um, – um, which one was that? Uh, Roughing It. And that one – it was similar. It was a similar kind of storyline with uh, a strange disease that takes over a little town. And we have these two biologists that are trying to solve the problem. And um, it was kind of an X-Files sort of thing. Cause that, that one originally was an X-Files fan fiction. And then I, I turned it into a full-blown novella. Or no, that was a novelette. That, that was a lot other shorter. than X Files, what other fan fictions do you start with to end up with? Um, fan fiction. I, well, I started with X Files, and I have written uh, Once Upon a Time fan fiction because I like fairy tales. And there were two of the characters in there I liked. You know, one in particular I liked a lot was Rumpelstiltskin. So I was writing uh, fan fiction based on his character. Well. Do you find fables are not maybe intricate to your um, fiction? Not fan fiction, but fiction? Oh, no, no. I I find, um, well, fairy tales and fables, they lend themselves very well, especially to uh, romance fiction. Because erotic fairy tales are very common and very popular. And, uh, well, they're also pretty common. And, I mean, I wrote two of them. I wrote... um, Trouble in Thigh High Boots, which was my my take on Puss in Boots, and Climbing Her Tower, which was my take on Rapunzel. And I'm working on a collection of short stories now that are all based on fairy tales. And I have to write four more stories uh, before I can send it into my publisher because the book isn't quite large enough yet. And I originally was going to include some reprints, but they want all completely new stories. So I'm going to be working on that again soon. I just haven't decided which uh, fairy tales I'm going to tackle, you know, which new ones. Well, don't, don't forget, uh, it's a Nick Wack. <laughs> I was going to be funny. I do that every once in a while. You know that. Mm-hmm. You've known that for years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've known that for, I'm not saying how many years. <laughs> No, you you always will be seventeen in my eyes, okay? Uh, okay, okay. You've always been seventeen in my eyes, right? Yeah, except I was old, quite a bit older. I'm not going to say how many years. I'm just getting too old. Um, oh, oh, okay. 
I just, I find when you're doing, thick, you know, the fiction we have, we're doing it, um, do you find, is there a master template you try to go by or what? Um, and let me thank Jamie for his question. But yeah, is there not, a master I'm not quite sure what you mean. There's no template that I go by. I mean, each book ends up being different, and each short, short story ends up being different. Just uh, the way I the way I handle it, like uh, the one that I wrote for uh, Cosmic Horrors, which is uh, coming out soon. I'm not sure when. It just got accepted. Uh, that one was uh, that one was. I just wrote it straight through. I had no problem, you know, having to work out any issues with that one. But uh, the one that I wrote for horror for Hire Second Shift, which is out now. That one's called A Job to Die For. That one I had quite a bit of work to do. And uh, with one one of the rejections that I had for that one gave me a lot of good notes. So I cleaned up the story a lot. I took out a lot of exposition that I didn't really realize was there. And um, that tightened up the story a lot. And then it ended up getting accepted for horror for hire. Okay. Let me ask you. You've been rejected, and I'm not going to ask all your rejections. But has mm-hmm. there ever been a magazine, publication, or whatever you really wanted to be in, or a short story collection you really wanted to be in because who else was in it, and they rejected you and you just felt upset by that? Um, well, there was one novel rejection that I got where the well, it was an agent rejection, and it was pretty scathing. <laughs> And uh, I didn't write anything for about a month after that. But um, most of the time, uh, the rejections usually don't phase me because um, uh, quite often I get feedback. And the feedback ends up being more often than not very useful. And I'm able to use the feedback that I get from the rejections. I fix the story. And then when I send it out later, it, it does eventually find a home. So, um, I mean, to any readers, I mean, sorry, any writers that are listening, don't let the rejections get you down because that's part of the writing process. It's necessary. And um, it, it happens to everybody. I mean, even you know, Stephen King got rejections. So, um, you know, everybody goes through that. And if you're lucky enough to get feedback, uh, listen to it. Take, you know, take what, take what the editor says and use whatever you can. And, um, you know, don't don't be so pompous that you think that my story is so perfect. This editor is completely wrong. Um, Probably not. (laughs) So, um, yeah, just pay attention to what the editor says and see how you can improve your story that way. Because if you do, there's a better chance that it will find a home. Well, I have a friend in West Virginia, and I think I think, you know, him or not. I don't want to tell names, but he took all his rejections in his barn where his office is. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's still open there. And he shellacked them to the wall. <laughs> okay? I've heard of and people doing that. Mm-hmm. But he shellacked all his rejections, and then he put a nail and put all the acceptances. You know, if mm-hmm. he got accepted by, I say Reader's Digest. He got accepted by Reader's Digest. It's on the wall. Where below there's three other rejection notices or four other rejection mm-hmm. notices. Well, I, I don't do anything physical like that. I have I have a, a file where I keep all of, I keep records of uh, 
of the stories that I send out and I list the rejection and the date of the rejection. And then I immediately send it back out again, unless there are notes that I get that are useful. And then I'll fix the story. But then I send it out again as, as soon as I possibly can. And uh, then I'll, I have a, a section in that file where I have all of my acceptances for the year. Uh, you know, this goes back several years. And I'll list them there. So I'll not only find out how long it took for a story to get from first time be, being sent out to, or to an acceptance, but also how many acceptances I've had so far for that year. But um, as, far, as far as the you know, the, the rejections go and pasting them to the wall. Um, there's a, these two writers, two of my favorite writers, Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. They have, I think it's called their rogues gallery, where they put up mm-hmm. their best rejection letters for all of their novels. And they're, they're entertaining. And uh, it, it's, it's good to read that because you know, these guys are incredibly good and they're bestsellers and they're very well known. And, you know, they get rejected too, but they'll put up, they put up their rejections on on the website, which is uh, which is pretty cool. I, I kind of like that they do that. Well, let me ask you, what do you have upcoming? Because I want to make sure that people know where it finds you. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, well, there are three things that I have. Two are out now, and one is upcoming. Uh, right now, Full Moon Fever. That's my um, GLBT paranormal erotic uh, shifter romance, and that's available on Amazon. And if you go to look for it, also plug in my name, Elizabeth Black, because uh, Full Moon Fever is also the name of a Tom Petty album. So you're likely to find that first. <laughs> and then look under books. It's easier to find the book that way. And the other one is out for uh, pre-order right now, Horror for Hire, Second Shift. And uh, my short story in that, 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 that whole anthology is about – Horror stories about the workplace, you know, uh, and, and, you know, like revenge stories and horrible things that happen to people. And uh, my job, my, my story is called A Job to Die For. And um, I would, that one was inspired by Donald Westlake's novel, The Axe, which is an absolute riot and you have to read it. It's a satire about uh, uh, this guy that's going after this uh, management position. I mean, a really big, important position, except that there are about six other people that are in line for the job. So he goes out and kills each one of them until you get to the end of it. So you find out whether or not he actually gets the job. But it was just a very darkly humorous satire about uh, you know, what it's like to be a cog in, 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 uh, in the business wheel. And my last one, um, it was just accepted. Um, called, uh, the book is called Cosmic Horrors, an anthology of horror and sci-fi tales. And they're all in the H.P. Lovecraft universe. And my story is uh, Dreadful Dissonance which involves music, which is interesting because the publisher uh, is all, he also publishes music and he has um, a a, a, a CD out called Intenebris Scriptus, a dark oral tribute Mm -hmm. to H.P. Lovecraft. And he was looking for stories that were in that, that vein of, um, I think, you know, using music and my story does have, uh, you know, horrible music in it. So it's, 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 it's a different kind of tale. I really like that one. And it was it was a lot of fun to write. So, so for a young now. writer, for a young writer coming up, okay, mm-hmm. how would uh, okay if they wanted to get into an anthology? What is a okay? You've done the story yourself. You you know, and you made every you had the beta readers. You did it yourself, and you sent it out. 
okay? Mm-hmm. What is a time frame for an anthology? How long until they expect you? So usually in the guidelines, they'll tell you when the deadline is. And then, I mean, most often you won't hear anything until after the deadline. But um, it could be anywhere from two to four months before you'll hear back with a, an acceptance or a rejection. And, um, well, there's one that I'm still waiting on. It's, it's been over a year. The publisher is, is still trying to get the book going. And I'm, I've made the, I guess, the second tier. My, my story is still under consideration. And I've decided to let it sit because if this book comes out, it's going to be a really good book. I'm just uh, waiting on how long it's going to take him to get the thing, you know, get the thing going together. I'm not going to say anything about who it is, but um, uh, that's that's an exciting project. And I really fun. have confidence in it. Hmm? You're going to spoil all my fun. I wanted to know. <laughs> no, no, I'd, I'd rather not say who it is. But when, when, we're, when we're when we're off the air, you'll tell me. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't said, hear what you said. When you're off the air, tell me. I'm, let me have a. Let me be surprised. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Now, very simple question, and I know it's simple. Do you have a favorite author? I or oh, yeah. I don't mean Lovecraft, but I mean, do you? Who are your favorite authors? Oh, okay. Well, um, some of my favorites are Shirley Jackson. She wrote The Haunting of Hill House. Um, I also like Joe Lansdale. And, you know, I've interviewed him twice. And I I was actually going to meet him at a convention this summer, but because of the virus, the thing's canceled. So hopefully he'll be back next year and I'll get to meet him then. But um, I also like, um, oh, the writer of the Stephanie Plum novels, and her name is escaping me right at this moment. But um, I also like Edgar Allan Poe, um, Katie Grace. She writes uh, erotic romance. Um, I just finished the first uh, J.R. Ward book uh, of the Black Dagger Brotherhood, which was pretty good. I, I mean, some of it was a little silly. But I did like the book a lot, and I just finished it last night. So I'm going to start reading more of her books. And um, so you yeah, there, read there's some the writers. Plum books. You were saying Pardon? you read the Stephanie Plum books. Uh, yeah, Janet Ivanovich. That's her name. That's the author's name. Yeah, Ivanovich. Yeah, like do you read? How many have you read of the Stephanie Plum books? Because I think there's like 22 or 24. Yeah, right I, I've probably read about almost a half dozen of them. I have. I haven't found all of them yet. I discovered her not all that long ago, too. So, I mean, I found the books at a thrift store, and I grabbed the first one. And it's like, this is really funny. <laughs> it, it's Popcorn, hysterical. Yeah. I really like it. So do you think she'll ever get together with Ranger? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if she ever does, because, I mean, I, I haven't read that far ahead. But um, I'm kind of hoping that – I hope they don't. Because it just it just keeps the romance alive and all the, the it keeps all that alive. Hmm? We're we're talking about the Stephanie the Janet Ivanovich Stephanie Plum books and mm-hmm. uh, as a the the main two she has two romantic protagonists one called Ranger and the other called Joe Morelli and. Mm-hmm. If you, I know you have. I'm telling the our audience, so I don't just totally confuse them. 
if you haven't read them, you should. One for the money, two for the uh, show, three to get deadly. I mean, it, it is a... Yeah, yeah, it goes on like that, the numbers. It is yeah, the, totally... Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Sue Grafton's... Uh, alphabet. Uh, it's it's the alphabet. The alphabet and she made it all the way through to Y, and then she died, and she didn't write Z. And she, and in her, somebody, um, I guess it's her. Uh, somebody Elizabeth write Z. <laughs> somebody with talent and 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 you know can talk to the estate or whatever. Write the Z book so that way it's a complete twenty-six volume set. Mm-hmm. And you notice I've already get lined up a job for you. Ah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I could write one of those. I mean, they're they're really good, but I I I don't know if I could if I could handle something like that. Well, mainly because of the reputation, and I would feel really really intimidated if I were to to try to write Z. But I wouldn't because uh, the estate won't wouldn't go for it anyway, no matter who would write it. But like um. Well, if yeah, the estate lets you, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, the estate okay. You would be intimidated, you said, by this, but is it the intimidation of, of standard of her Kinsey Milholm's character, or is it standard that um, fear? Fear is not the word, but uh, you're tw- they're 25 and you're one would be assimilated more of part of a series or not. What would you think oh, if, if you could well, it would be part of obviously it would be part of the series, but um no i I probably wouldn't take on something like that I don't feel it's my place yeah i would I would say you could start with colors now mm-hmm. white, blue, green <laughs> uh, pink, uh polka dot, you know, I could see so a series of, like some that. that I haven't read are the uh uh, was it Sneaky Pie? The uh, the cat yeah. who blah blah blah. You know, Rita, uh, Rita Mae Brown. Is that her name? I think it's Rita yeah, Mae Brown. I haven't read them yet. I have a couple of them though, but I haven't read them yet. But I'm like, ooh, a cat. That would be really cool. <laughs> well, also Lillian Johnson. Lillian Jackson Brown. Lillian Jackson Brown. Yeah, and she is. I mean, the cat did this, the cat did that, the cat did the other. Yeah, the other. cat that's all red, the cat that, yeah, that, that whole series of books, which I, I want to read, but I haven't yet. But I do have a couple of them. I'm just uh, I'm just caught up in a, a huge to-be-read pile. I mean, I just finished one last night, and I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of another one now, but that's a nonfiction book. A friend of mine said to me, he says, um, when you when – you you've got to read the whole series. I'm like, don't be ridiculous. The whole series, yeah. You can't even find the whole series. <laughs> you got unless you go to an online bookstore, uh, you, uh, or do something else. You know, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, well, uh, well, when I read, I'm I read a, both. Uh, to, I read both to study how the writing is done. I mean, I do that a lot with short stories. And I, excuse me, I also read for enjoyment. And uh, I mean, like the Black Dagger Brotherhood book, I read it because I liked it, but I also wanted to see how does a best-selling author of a paranormal series 
write for series and I'm I'm learning like a I guess what the formula is for, for romances, like you know, there's that formula for uh, cozy mysteries, like there's Hallmark movies and mysteries. There's a, there's a formula for that. I mean, there's a Christmas meme that goes around that makes fun of it. And there's, there's also something similar for, for romance novels. Like there has to be a happily ever after or a happy for now. And uh, I mean, like all, you know, all sorts of other types of things. Like uh, it depends on the type of hero that you're going after, and you know, they, uh, a lot of the readers like strong female characters as as the heroine, and you know, not some little shy milquetoast type of thing, unless she evolves really fast. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it it just depends on the book. But um, I mean, I'll I read for enjoyment. And I I watch TV for enjoyment. I mean, like, you know, my husband and I are into Midsummer Murders, which are it's also a series of books, but I haven't gotten to the books yet. I'm still too busy watching the uh, the series, and it, it's absolutely excellent. We both like it a lot. I'm going to ask a question, which is about series, TV series. You know, with the virus and everybody, everybody's renewing everything, but when do you think we'll have a new TV season, do you think? Oh, boy. Um, I don't mean repeat I now. Don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we have to wait a year, a year or more, because, well, they have to actually get the thing in the can first and, you know, you'll make it and then go forward with it. So, because uh, uh, I don't know what the... Uh, quarantine situation is like in California or or New York or wherever they're filming, but it's it's gonna be a while before we see anything new. At least at least I think so. I hope it doesn't take too long, but you know we're gonna run out of things to watch for they do in all no in exteriors. They'll do everything interior, you know. Mm-hmm. And and CIS won't go places outside. They'll go all places inside, you know? I mean, you uh, don't see yeah, it. You, you still have the cast and the crew and everybody within close proximity to each other. And, and you know, that could be a problem because, I, I mean, I, I really honestly don't know. I, I'm not sure how that would work out. But um, I, I think it's. I think we're going to have to wait a little while before uh, we see any new shows. It was like, uh, remember the, the writer strike from – uh, what, yeah. a, a couple of decades ago, when um, remember the show Reaper? Yeah, the one with Ray Wise as the devil. Yeah, that one ended up being canceled because of the writer strike, and you know they they couldn't get the episodes made. So I mean that that was a casualty. So I don't know what casualties we're going to see because of the coronavirus. So um, well, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. Pardon? Do you think there will be casualties? Um, you know, you, I mean, I, game shows are, are all done inside and with a full audience. So is that a casual, you know, I mean, they also have enough for six months and shows. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I mean, it takes a while to, we have pre-production and the actual production and post-production and then getting it distributed. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty long process. And I have one other, I have a question for you from Josie. She says, you've written stuff. I've read a lot of your stuff. And I'd like to know what would you like on television? 
Or is she asking of, of my work what I'd like to see on TV? Yes, she's asking about your work. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I, she's not asking about mine. She's asking about your work. <laughs> and she oh, wants God, to know what you would want in a movie or, or what you want to be a movie. Um, of of my work, I'd like uh, Full Moon Fever would make a really good movie. I think it would. It's got some really uh, amusing characters. Uh, there are three male characters and two female characters. And I even have ideas of who I'd like to play the roles. Like, I mean, I had Angelina Jolie in mind for one and Charlotte Lewis in mind for another. And um, I, I just, I think it, that would be good. And um, it's one novel that I'm still trying to find a home for. And I am going to send it to my publisher because uh, they publish mysteries. My, uh, my mystery, Secrets and Lies. I'd, I'd love to see that made into a TV movie. I think it would make a good, a good a miniseries. Like Hallmark Channel, or where would you like it? Pardon? Hallmark Channel, or where would you like it? Um, hmm, like uh, FX, that would be a good place for it, or uh, one of the one of the major networks. Because uh, it's not it's not a cozy mystery, not really. So it probably wouldn't work for a Hallmark. And Hallmark has a it's a very specific kind of um, formula for their cozy mysteries, and mine doesn't fit that. Okay. Even though it is set in a small New England town, it does, it not, doesn't quite fit the uh, Hallmark movies and mysteries kind of thing. But I could see it on a place like FX or AMC. Well, if you could... Okay. If I, say, gave you $20 million, I'm just... You know the, the drill. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, have fun. Uh, where would you like it? What would you like? You know, would you like a mini series? Would you like a two-hour uh, two movie? Uh, oh, uh, you know, I would like a mini. Oh, a mini series on um, on something like Hulu or Netflix. That's the best place for it, at least in my mind. A mini series. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean but, a lot of books are being made into mini series now, like uh, you know, Nosferatu. The, the second one is coming out in June. And I saw the first one, and I liked I liked it quite a bit. And it was um, it was a mini series. I'd say like uh, six episodes should probably cover it. Okay, and but okay, is there a favorite of your not of your books, but a favorite of yours that you would love somebody finally to try to in a way attack or do? In a either a TV movie, a movie, whatever, of your a favorite of yours. Doesn't have um, to be yours. Okay. Uh, yeah, my my horror comedy trailer trash zombies. That would make a, a really good. I, I I could see that as a two hour, a two hour movie, like a TV movie, or I don't know if it, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I prefer TV movies to movie movies because they're more accessible. And uh, more people are likely to see it. And okay, let let's talk a little about. Uh, this is from Andrea, and she says, "Where do you get your physical ideas?" Hmm. Okay, a lot of places. 
I'm sorry. Oh, I get I get ideas from a lot of different places. Uh, my personal experience, uh, my imagination, uh, weird news articles. I'm I'm on I'm on this news aggregator called FARC, and you get the most amusing headlines, and sometimes you get some really odd news. Uh, like like this guy that uh, I guess he was trying to kill a roach and he shot himself in the foot, or uh, one that actually I saw recently. Uh, Sorry, I'm laughing. You went saying he tried to kill a roach and shot himself in the foot. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, you see something oh, like yeah. that. It's like I could do plenty with this. It, it was a, it wasn't a smart move, but but uh, you know one that I I'm actually working on. Through, I mean, working the idea through my head right now for a new novel for a. a uh, it's kind of a romance, I think, and it's um, it's based on an article that I read about this person who found a 1920s camera, and there was still film inside of it, and uh, he had the film developed, and there were all these really old faded pictures, and I think that it turns out that one of the pictures was of Billy the Kid, from what I remember of, of the article, and that gave me the idea of. Uh, having a woman from Boston going to a thrift store and she finds a 1920s camera with some other material with it that'll, you know, identifying material. And she has the, the film developed and it turns out that she wants to give the pictures to the descendants of whoever had owned the camera. So she goes to this little Island that I created off the coast of Massachusetts called Caleb's Woe. And I'm going to send her there to find this family to give them the pictures and you know, and in the course of this, she's going to get to know the townspeople. It's a whole different area for her. Gosh, you know, it's going to be a fish out of water story. She's from the big city, and she's going to a small town. And you know, that that kind of thing would fit with Hallmark movies and mysteries, you know, this sort of thing. And um, that's where I am right now with the story in my head is you know getting her to the island, and then at that point, I don't know what happens. I'm still working out you know the conflicts and the villain and. Uh, you know the townspeople and her friends and all that sort of thing. So um, I'm still working on that one. But that's another one where I got an idea from a newspaper article. And sometimes I'll base characters on aspects of people that I know. I do composites. So that's another way that I come up with with ideas. I also get the ideas from reading, you know, short stories and novels. So I'll read something that's like, hey, this is actually a pretty good idea. And I'm going to take it and run with it and do something completely different because it helps to open my mind up so I don't get uh, shot into a corner. So that's that's how I would do it. I know that you're a big television person and a big movie person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're for a while there. Yeah. I I know, but if if mm-hmm. you could ren- per se renew because our TV season is shot. Uh, if you could renew any show, doesn't matter how long it's been canceled or whatever, and you could renew it and get the same actors or similar actors to do the show, what show or shows would it be? And you could do more than one if you wish. Hmm. Yeah, which has been, I'm trying to think which ones have been. I'd like to see more of um, Rosemary and Time. It's a British murder mystery series. It's a cozy mystery. I'd like to see more of that with the original actors. And um, well, it ended and it, it appropriately ended, but I still I miss Paul Dark. <laughs> I 
I like Poldark and, you know, Downton Abbey. At least they got a movie out of that. So I'm hoping that maybe there will be another movie. And, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, Belgravia, right? and that was a good one. And you would want to get these, per se, renewed. I mean, I want the Twilight Zone renewed, but with, with no, Rod Serling. The Twilight Zone is on now. Oh, with Rod Serling. Because it's, it's on now. Yeah, Rod Serling. Or, uh, I would love, mm-hmm. and dare I say it, I would love Night Gallery, too. I don't mean the one when they put the Gary Collins show at the third season, but I'm talking oh, yeah. Night I mean, Gallery, even mm-hmm. if it has another host other than Serling, you know, to do the Night Gallery. I would mm. love Kevin Smith to do Night Gallery. Oh, he could he could do that. Oh, you know what show I really would like to see? I mean, the actor is dead now, but I'd love to see some more Colchak the Night Stalker. Darren McGavin. Those little you know, hour long, you know, those last fifteen minutes were always the scariest moments on television for me when I when I saw it when I was a kid. I absolutely loved that show, and you know, I'd, I'd like to see more more of that. It's funny. He it only lasted one se- or one and a half seasons, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it developed a cult status. It, it it did. Is there any other cult movies or cult TV you want? This um, is a little bit. Yeah, I can't think of anything at the moment that isn't all is isn't still um, in a, in operation. I mean, like a. I mean, one show that I'm really into now is what we do in the shadows. And I'd like to see, I definitely want to see that one continue on. And I'd like to see more, some more of the movies. I know that they're coming up with a werewolf movie, but it's not ready yet. But, you know, I'd love to see that because, you know, the, uh, the people that wrote it are just absolutely hysterical. And I'd like to see a TV show based on Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> You want us with the original cast or or with uh, new people? No, oh, original cast. Or Simon original writers with with new actors, just like uh, like like how they're doing uh, what we do in the shadows. It's the original. It's one of the original writers, and the cast is not the same as as the movie, but the show is at, is an absolute laugh riot. You know, we my my husband and I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I'm going to tell you, so I, I used to love a show called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I have never seen that. And I hate to say it, but I've never read the book. <laughs> Didn't see that Okay, one. I slapped your wrist. <laughs> you know, it's like the first book, the second book, the fourth book, fine. Now there's like uh, the temporal phase and this phase and that phase. And they're sequels without Douglas Adams doing them that drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. They really did. Because it was like, stay on the path of the books. No. And they went totally on different tangents that drove me crazy. But uh, what? Yeah, that sounds like what they did with The Walking Dead, which I lost interest in a long time ago. But, I mean, the, well, what happened? it's completely different from the comics. Oh, I mean, when when Negan got into it, I I just I just kind of lost interest. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, I watched it up to that point because I like Jeffrey D. Morgan a lot, and I wanted to see what he would do with the role. And I I mean, I I watched it as much as I could, but then, 
I know I, I kind of got tired of it. I, I think it, I think it's run its course, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, you know, what I think of that one. Well, it's funny. Um, mm-hmm. Hillary Burton, who is Jeffrey Dean Morgan's wife, uh, is going to do a show called white, Co- uh, white collar, which is the, about a thief and a cop. And it's oh. not a buddy it's not a buddy thing, but they're going to try to do that. They have no ideas for the new TV season almost. So USA yeah. is thinking of doing that show. Is there any you want to bring forward and say if they told you, Elizabeth Black, you can write all the scripts? Mm-hmm. Oh, I would go with um, Law & Order SVU. If they were to keep that going, and I could write for that one, um, I I wouldn't even try an episode with of Doctor without, Who. With or without Elliot Stabler. <laughs> well, he hasn't been in the show for a long, long time. Yeah, but um, he's just yeah. just he has a new contract, so he may be mm-hmm. back. And last episode of SBU. Ah. So. Yeah. I'm, yeah, okay. Well, that, that's that's a good one. And uh, I wouldn't mind writing some episodes of Dynasty just for the fun of it. Is that, that show is so oh, over the it's, it's a guilty pleasure. I love the Dynasty. 77 Dynasty or the 90 Dynasty? Uh, the 90 Dynasty. I mean, I mean, the current Dynasty. That one is... Uh, that, I, I could probably write for the original, too, because back in the, uh, in the 80s, that was my favorite television show. That one and Heart to Heart. I watched those two. I had a little TV set in my dorm room, and that was the only thing that I watched aside of uh, Twilight Zone episodes at 11 o'clock at night. But, you know, everything stopped for Dynasty and Heart to Heart. I never missed those two. And, uh, yeah, that's a, a show that I'd like to see come back would be a, a more modern version of Heart to Heart. I mean, that was based on the Nick and Nora Charles movies. And yeah, I just uh, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I'd, I'd love to see something like that come back. But, okay, how modern should it be? Because, you know, you, do, you don't have Max, which is, of course, the butler, and he yeah, goes, they yeah. met, it was Mida. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would love mm-hmm. be some, I understood that, you understand that, but I don't think somebody would understand, you know, the, the butler like the butler was. Because the butler yeah, was, yeah. I well, can't say he was very smart the show was incredibly 80s. Yeah, the show was very 80s. Yes, it was. Just the way it was. But um, but yeah, I just thought of uh, another one I'd like to see. I mean, they just made a movie, so maybe they'll make more movies. Is Miss Fer- Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries? Yes. I I miss that show. I really miss that show. <laughs> yeah, Franny Fisher. Well. I miss okay, and I'm gonna I'm dating myself a little. When Disney, not Disneyland or anything else, but when they did the wonderful, the original Wonderful World of Disney, and mm-hmm. they used to have mm-hmm. episodes of only an hour piece, not six hours, not eight hours, but you had an hour piece for three to four weeks, and it was an amazing. Show. I mean, I love Dr. Sin and a lot of the other things. 
and they sometimes took you backstage. You know what I mean? Disney Studio backstage. Yeah. I used to watch that when I was a kid. I remember that show. And but they also had things like Gallagher and and uh, other, you know, not nothing animated, but a lot of uh, Daniel Boone and. Uh, oh yeah, I remember those. Not not the Davy Crockett date with Fess Parker, but the the Davy Crockett they had with uh, there was they did the one in the seventies, which I wasn't thrilled with. But they had Johnny Cash doing the opening uh, opening narrations of Daniel Boone. Oh. So I don't think I watched that's that, cool. or I don't remember it. I mean, I, I liked all the uh, the Kurt Russell movies, like the Computer War Tennis Shoes, and you know the Dean Jones, uh, the the Love Bug. I used to watch those every week. They were just so good. <laughs> they don't. They don't have. Either kids have gone off the deep end as an entertainment, or they have not. But they have great entertainment, or they had. You know, mm-hmm. the Love Bug took three episodes. But yes. oh God, did you root Herbie? Oh God, yes. Uh, Dexter Riley, the Computer War Tennis Shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you see him. Now you don't. Was was great fun. I mean, you had a, a, a uh, that yeah that darn cat. That was another one. Okay, not the Christina Ricci. We're talking Haley Mills, thank God. Yeah, the Haley Mills, the Haley Mills original. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom the Christina Ricci. Yeah, uh, I, I tried to watch that one. I, I couldn't get into it, but but I, but I was I was kind of partial to the original, so I don't think I gave the the, the remake a fair chance. I could I could watch it again and just you know enjoy it for what it is. Is there? I mean, there are a lot of movies and TV shows that are remakes of, especially now, remakes of older stuff. Like um, when we have Creepshow is back, and uh, the episode mm-hmm. that, was, that was on this week, the one, um, uh, The Finger, by uh, uh, the author's name is Show, and it had this creature called Bob in it. And everybody I know now wants their own Bob plush toy or a Bob bobblehead, or and uh, so that's oh, that I, got, I didn't you know that's what I wanted for Christmas. <laughs> a Bob? You you now? Yeah, I want a Bob. Just make sure it's on the list. It's uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's on the list for me for for Christmas, right? Yeah. Um, I need <laughs> it, to do a little whole. I oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, if they make it. Hey, they made a baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, I know. I didn't see that. I have no interest in the Mandalorian. No, I was like, I got tired of the baby, the baby Yoda memes. I'm like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. It's supposedly a prequel of where Star Wars was, supposedly. Let me do a little homework for this week and next week coming up. On the 21st, we have the Jay Davis, who has a lovely new book called Boxed In, and it's about boxing and and is a great book. And Jay Jay Davis will be talking to us or talking to me, not that I don't love Elizabeth Black, but talking to me on the 21st. And Kathleen Ty Ball will be here on the 28th. 
and author G.A. G. A. Hauser, if I can say it right before she hits me, will be here on the 4th. So we don't have anybody coming up. <laughs> right. If you believe that, I have small plans. <laughs> and I want to say, Jennifer Chase will be here on the 11th. And we have more than enough guests through. And I, I got to tell this lady in a minute, the surprise. Uh, you do know Count Gord Duvall is coming on the 30th of July, right? Oh, yes. I do know. You told me about that. I'm just making sure that just, if you want to come, you're always welcome. You know that. Oh, well, thank you. you yeah, my pleasure. Talk to him again. I mean, it when all of us could see each other at Balticon, that was so much fun. We had the oh, best I used to love him and I doing the, the vampire panels at Balticon. Mm-hmm. It was always fun because he made it fun. But also, you know it and I know it, he was the horror movie host, Count Gordeval, but oh, yeah. also Captain 20. Captain 20. Captain 20. The station manager and... God, he did everything but swept the floor. He might have did that too, but mm-hmm. I don't want to know. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that you guys know what's upcoming. So next week we'll have Jay Davis and his book, Boxed In, about boxing. And he's a new author, and the book is selling like, well, the proverbial hotcakes. It is selling very, very well on Amazon. And if you haven't got your copy yet, get it. Now, this is the promotion part for Elizabeth Black. What do you have upcoming that they can buy soon for you? Okay. Um, you can Right now, you can buy Full Moon Fever and look for it with my name. Otherwise, you can get Tom Petty. And a Horror for Hire Second Shift. And my story is A Job to Die For. And coming soon, because I just had the acceptance, is Cosmic Horrors, an anthology of horror and sci-fi tales. And my story is Dreadful Dissonance. So that's what I have out now. And I'm going to do a slight promotion that you don't usually do. Please get her copy of Don't Call Me Baby. It's a great book. <laughs> yeah, I've really got to get that one back into circulation. Yeah. That, that, well, that's I know, but it's one, it's one of, it's, I'm sorry, it's one of my favorites. You know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I had a blast with and, that book. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a blast reading that book. Uh, if I if it ever came on audio that I know of and had a copy, I would listen to it. It is a great great mm-hmm. thing. So you know, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. By the way, yeah. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you too. Yeah, you know, reminiscing back when we first met and everything. Yeah, I know, but we can talk about everything, and I know that. Oh, yeah. And to the audience who some of you may hear me later, I know you will. Um, if you haven't got her books, you should. You should get Elizabeth Black's books. Now, I would also suggest this. As I said, next week, Jay Davis will be here. Uh, please fly right. Stay inside. Be safe. Be healthy. I love you all. It's special to me that you're who you are. And I, I hope this virus ends soon and we all can go out and enjoy 
the outside again. Uh, I agree with you there. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And it depresses me because you see such beautiful, beautifulness outside. Mm-hmm. It's sunny. The, the trees and bushes are all in bloom. And you um, have to wear a mask. <laughs> and stay six feet apart from everybody. I don't mind wearing a mask, but nowadays they're having limitations to it. It's like it has to be over your nose and over your this. And over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think they want you to next wear one that is over you, totally over your face. <laughs> I mean, over you know, it's like just the you look like a ninja. Oh, yeah, as long as you can see out and not go bumping into anything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm always open to suggestions. Please, the email is audioworld at yahoo.com. Please don't hesitate to give suggestions of future shows, authors, guests you would like to see or can get. Because sometimes, oh, I'd like to see Stephen King. So would I, but I can't get him. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to, but we can't. Uh, Now, if you know somebody and can get Stephen King, hey, we'll have him on the show. Be well, fly right, and be safe. Good night. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure, man. Okay, well, I guess bye-bye, and I'll talk to you online. You will.